Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. When people look at you and you image God and you get out of your comfort zone and you, you're loving and compassionate to people you don't even understand, when those people look at you and you tell them you're a follower of Jesus, they're going to be like, is this really what God is like? Is he like you? Because if the God you worship and the God you're always talking about is anything like what you're imaging to me, I want to know more and more about that particular God. And that is the God, Jesus Christ. This is your and my role. There's no other purpose for your and my, in my life than to image God in our families, in our communities, in our cultures, in our vocations, in our churches, in every single place we're at. This is our purpose. This is the sole reason for why we exist. Because at the end of your life and of my life, it's not about our achievements or our accolades or our performance, but rather, did we go? Did we get out of our comfortable situation? Did we reach people for Christ? And did we lead people for Christ? And did we make disciples? Did we image God so well that the people who looked at our life said, I want to know more about this God that you worship. And because, and the thing is that God didn't create you as an end in yourself. The point is that God is the end. You're just the means. So you and I are vehicles to show God to the people in our life. We're imaging God. We're showing people who God is. God's people If they are bored with God, if you don't think God is exciting, then you're going to be a really bad image. If you think God is boring, if you think church is just a tradition, if you think Christianity is just a religion, if you think just that doing any spiritual things is just a ritual, you will think God is boring. It will not excite you. And if God doesn't excite you, if God doesn't make you happy, if God doesn't give you joy, you will be a bad image of God. So when people look at you, they're not really going to want to know more about the God that you worship. And if you think about excitement or you think about joy, think of all the things that people look for to find excitement. I was at a a concert recently, and it was crazy to see. This was not a Christian concert. And yes, you can do that if you're not Christian, uh, by the way, just a side note. And in this concert that I was at, this was a nothing different than a worship service. God's name was not being glorified. It was a completely secular concert, but it was a worship service. There was people raising their hands in the air, um, basically reciting from memory the verses and the stanzas that were being sung by the artists. There was a humongous um, uh, board with like screens and stuff where the lyrics of the songs were. And in unison, like maybe a thousand people were just singing. And th- they weren't singing to God, but it was a form of worship. And when I looked at people's faces, because I'm kind of trying to be a psychologist, I'm always looking and seeing like what makes people happy. When I look at the, at the faces of these people, they were glowing. Because they were giving glory to something. They were worshiping something. But it's something that's completely fleeting. It's gone as soon as the plug is pulled, as soon as the concert is over. And people wait until the next experience. But it's not so with Jesus. Jesus is a God that is continuously with us and we worship Him. 
And he's the creator. All the authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And the great thing about God is that piece by piece, you and I, we're beginning to tell the world through our lives and our words that God alone is awesome and that nothing else can give people greater joy. Now, here's the problem that happens with you and with me. If you look at the text, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him and they worshiped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. They saw miracles of Jesus. They saw Jesus doing crazy things. He was resurrected from the dead. These were his disciples. These were people that spent a lot of time with him. And it says some doubted. How many times have you and I doubted? We're standing on the edge of basically being these radical Christians, jumping into the lake, this frozen lake that we don't know nothing about, but we're like, no, I want to stay in this really good temperatured, 85 degrees, climate controlled, 1100 thread count, Egyptian sheets. I don't want to go over there. Why? Because we're doubting. We think if we only talk to that person about Jesus, they're going to think we're weird. If we only take a stand in our workplace and tell people, hey, can I pray for this meal? When you have five different other religions being demonstrated there, we think something is going to happen to us. Some doubted. Some doubted. We see a miraculous healing that somebody experiences from the fact that we had a righteous prayer, and then we're afraid to do it again because we think it's not going to happen again. And we doubt. And what I want us to think about is this. If we're going to get comfortably uncomfortable for Jesus and we want to fulfill our role, we must starve our doubts. Starve them. Declare a famine strike on them. God is able, and if you look at this particular text, right after where it says some doubted, I love that the uh, gospel writers put this in there, some doubted, and then it says, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority, which means that you too have that authority. So if Jesus says, all authority has been given unto me, you're an image bearer of God, go out there and tell others about Jesus. You have the right to do so. You have permission. You have full ownership and right to do that. And if you and I are experiencing any type of doubt right now about whatever is going on in our life, maybe it's a frustration, maybe it's a relationship issue, maybe it's a physical issue, maybe it's just us really wondering what is our purpose in life? What are we doing here? I'm praying that this phrase would remove all doubt when Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And here's a crazy thing. Listen to what happens. Before Jesus tells us what to do for him, Jesus tells us what he did for us. You guys with me? Before Jesus tells us what to do, he tells us what he did. Before he even says, go into the nations, make disciples, be image bearers, before any of that stuff, Jesus said, hold on a second, let me tell you something that's going to be a game changer, that's going to starve your doubts, that's going to get you out of your vacuum, going to get you into that frozen lake where you're going to evangelize to people. He says, all authority has been given unto me. And I did a lot of studies in Greek, and I, I, took t- I went to two seminaries, did Greek and Hebrew, and as much as my studies tell me, when Jesus says all, that word, it means all. All. Everything. If my wife was here, she'd be like, look what five years in seminary did. Exactly. All authority has been given to Jesus. And that's the cool thing, that Jesus rose from the dead, he, he has natural, uh, he has authority over everything natural and supernatural. And if Jesus has this kind of authority, we as Christians not only have the right, but are bound by love to tell other people to change and to become his 
disciples. If you need proof that whatever situation you're going through is going to be okay, I want you to think about the tomb of Jesus that is empty or the cross of Jesus that is empty. That's the proof right there. That's the authority that Jesus has, has himself. Now, as we continue with this text, not only does he say that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, which, which is what should start of our doubts, but he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now, this verse might seem very daunting or staggering to us. Go, where am I supposed to go? Am I supposed to go on a missions trip? Well, if I go on a missions trip, I have to start fundraising. And how do I start fundraising? Do I go to Kickstarter? If some guy could you know, raise $20,000 for instructions how to make a potato salad, I can surely, um, and that's a true story by the way, I can surely raise money to go to a missions trip. And we start thinking, where is this? It can be rather daunting. So maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, I'm convinced. I want to get comfortably uncomfortable. I want to get out of my comfort zone. I want to make my life count. I want to go and image God faithfully to the people in my life. Where do I start? First of all, you don't have to go across the globe. You can go across the street. And I want to give you guys some practical ways of how you and I can do that. There's a, there's a thing that you and I develop in our life, and it's called a rhythm. All of us have schedules. All of us have a particular routine. So going and making disciples doesn't have to be outside of your regular routine. It can be a part of your routine. We all live in cities that have different retailers and different spaces, which you and I frequent so often. And I guarantee you that there are places and there are spaces in the cities in which you live in that people know you because they see you there almost on a daily or a weekly basis. Start right there. Begin to develop friendships with people. If you go to, if you get your clothes dry cleaning, you go to the same dry cleaners every single week and you've been going there for years, maybe this is the time when you need to think of yourself as you want to be like that guy who jumped into that frozen lake. Maybe it's a time to have that conversation. Do you have any religious preference? Are you a follower of Jesus? Have you ever heard about Jesus? Maybe I can talk to you about it. A dry cleaners, a, a, a coffee shop. If you're I- employed by um, any company, instead of going away and having a lunch individually by yourself in some secluded, isolated territory, why not have lunch right in the middle of the break room? Break bread with your coworkers, with the people that are in there, and share Jesus with them. Get out of that comfort zone. I'm challenging us as a church this week to get out of our comfort zone, this week to jump into the frozen lake, this week to go into that foreign territory, this week to speak to that person or to that group of people and to image God faithfully to them. If God himself is the point of God, if God gets all the glory, if God loves the fact that he gets glory and God is pleased with himself, we too should image God that we are pleased with what he's all about. And so we need to go and do that. Frequent the same places, get to know people and strike up those conversations. Now, it's not just about going because a lot of people tend to get this commandment uh, flipped a little bit. And so they're very adamant on going. Okay, I've I've met young people, like I've traveled at different conferences, they just want to go. They have a mission trip every single week, like not a joke. Like one, one ends, another one begins, and they're just going, 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 going. That is not a bad thing, but at the same time, we cannot, um, we cannot overlook what Jesus said, which is equally important. He not only says, go therefore, and he says, make disciples, make disciples, make disciples, learners. 
We need to not only tell people about the gospel, but we need to walk alongside of them when they're, when they're struggling, when they're falling over, when they need a crutch, when they need help. We need to help people become learners. We need to help people eat on their own spiritual food. And this is, I think, a test of true faithfulness in your Christian life and in my Christian life is have we created disciples? Have we not only shared the gospel effectively, but do we have people in the, behind us following us who say, you know what, this person images God so well, and the God that he images is an amazing, loving, compassionate God. I want to find out as much as I, I possibly can about that particular God. And so if you look at this text, and it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. His instructions, Jesus' instructions are, just, are a little bit beyond just spreading the gospel, because this verb make disciples, it makes, it's not just accumulating converts. It communicates the idea of a learning believer, someone who is growing in his faith and in his love for the Lord. So it's somebody that you shared Jesus with, and they say, you know what, this is awesome. Where can I get a study Bible? Where can I get more resources to study my faith? How can I be plugged in? I love it when people come up to me as a pastor and they're like, you know what, I want to um, deepen my relationship with Jesus, and I want to start a small group. I want to start a community group. I want to gather a few people that I can share the knowledge that Jesus has given me. This shows, I believe, a sign of true spiritual maturity. So the most important word that I think Jesus ever said about becoming a disciple was this. In Luke 14, 27, he said, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Basically, if you've signed up for Christianity, if you've acknowledged that Jesus Christ is your Lord, basically, Jesus has called you to come and die. This is what it means about carrying your cross. And dying to what? Physically dying? Maybe. I'm not sure if our country will experience persecution. All over the world, we're seeing persecution. But come and die means basically dying to myself, dying to my own comforts, to my own desires, to my own preferences. I've had to do that many times in my life. And I can tell you right off the bat that it was not easy. It was difficult. It was strenuous. It was challenging. It was exactly like jumping into the icy lake. That was what it was like for me. But after the, in the end, it was so worth it. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And so it's so important for us to understand that being a disciple, it means dying with Christ, dying to the old attitudes and being alive to the newness of life. And the point is this, that when we ask people to follow Jesus, we image Jesus so much to them that they see how we came to Jesus and died to our old self to our old preferences, that the church is not about me. The church exists not so it can serve you, but so that you can serve other people. The church, the body, it's not a building. It's people who come together who are determined to outserve one another. This is what makes a community. And all of us need to work on that and need to get um, better at that. And when we're talking about when Jesus said that we need to bear the cross, it's not just going through a difficult time. It means going to Golgotha. It means dying with Christ, dying to your old self. Dying to your old self. And so Jesus, in this particular text, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything that I have taught you. How do we practically do that? We go and make disciples. We get comfortably uncomfortable. We get out of our bubble. We get out of our comfort zone. I don't know what it is specifically for you, but in conclusion, what I want to say is this. 
I want us, I want us to be challenged this week. If you're a person, I want to talk to those right now who are super evangelistic and always sharing their faith. I want to I encourage you to maybe step out of the comfort zone of the people you regularly talk to and go to someone completely different. Challenge yourself. See what God is going to do. And if you're going to doubt in any way, remember, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. So starve your doubts. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.